Insane Transformation with consultant and innovation expert, Mike I. Rossi. Have you ever thought about the best way to come at a problem? So you've got some challenge, some issue, maybe in your personal life or within your company, and you want to deal with that problem. Have you ever just run just headlong into that problem? I mean, just think about having a, a difficult conversation with someone at work. Right? Have you just walked right up and confronted someone on some issue or some disagreement? You know, just, just leaned right in and let it smack you and them right in the face. And what about another way? Have you ever thought about a problem and then opted to come at that problem from maybe the side or from the top or from the bottom or some other angle than hitting it head on? I'm assuming you probably have. I'm assuming, like most people, we feel like sometimes we can go straight up to a problem and just knock it on the head. But other times, for whatever reason, maybe stakeholders, maybe views, maybe sensitivity around emotionality, things like that, sometimes we have to think about another way to get at that problem. And and most of us, I'm sure, have been in our lives have been up against a sizable problem where you just knew that going head into that problem was going to create more issues for you than than do any good so i think i think it's safe to say that most of us would agree there there is a benefit to being able to once we figure out what the problem is we're trying to solve be able to come at that problem from a side-on approach. Now, what I want to get into today is, is talking about, again, this idea of how do we accelerate the innovation process? And I want to talk about it in the context of solving problems. So we identify a problem and we need to come up with that come up with a solution to that problem and then get in there and fix it, okay? So the idea is we're going to get into something called abstraction. And it starts to take us into this space where we ask ourselves this question, what if there was another way to solve problems rather than going at the specific problem and then at the same time, trying to come up with specific solutions to that problem. What, what if there was another way? And what if that other way was actually more efficient or more optimal or reduced some of our trial and error attempts or reduced some of the 
back and forth actions and efforts we have to take when we're taking a whole bunch of solutions to a problem and trying to narrow it down and make trade-offs and make compromise. What if there was another way? So that's what we're going to get into today. So let's take this idea of abstraction for a second. If, if you took a problem, okay, take a specific problem in your organization, maybe dealing with customer service or something like that, lead times, whatever. If you took a specific problem and you almost almost sort of Picasso-fied, if that's even a word, Picasso-fied the, you know, that problem and turned it into something that only kind of resembled its former self, but that still maintained all of the structure and the bits and pieces and the complexity, all of those things. But if you just looked at it on its face, it wouldn't really resemble your current problem. So that's really important. Same problem structure, same harmful interactions, maybe interactions between, or or even insufficient interactions between the customer and your technology, or your staff, or some features or some objects within a product or some component parts of the service, something like that. So if if you took that abstracted problem and you looked at it, What normally happens with the staff members is they immediately, when they start thinking about solutions, they try to fit it into a box. They they try to fit it into a pattern of thinking, right? If you've got folks that have been in the same industry for 20-odd years, okay, they have certain patterns, they have certain boxes, certain ways of thinking and categorizing information and solutions and problems, the moment that a problem becomes abstracted, the folks working on not just the problem itself, but the solution gen, start having to think outside of their normal box. They can't fit it into a normal box that they would otherwise do if they had the problem on its face. So it's almost like a a process of taking your thinking, or in this case, the thinking of the folks that we're trying to get information from and and turning that thinking inside out right and and the moment you turn your thinking inside out all of those associations are well maybe not all of them but a good chunk of those associations become disconnected they might get broken and then it allows us to move into you, you might have heard of you know greenfield or blue sky or blue ocean into this place where we can actually start to think about crazy off the wall solutions that normally would have gotten shot down the moment they were presented and what's interesting is that taking an abstract approach like you know trying to solve a problem in the abstract versus trying to solve a problem in its specific form is actually one of the best ways to approach problem solving. And and it's not just with the idea of abstraction, but once we get into abstraction, it allows us to really maximize the use of the thing that we just talked about, right? In the previous podcast, we talked about separation principles. 
So you can start to incorporate things like separation in time and separation in space and things like this and incorporate strategies for generating solutions in an abstracted way that people would have never been able to arrive at in the 10 or 20 or 100 solution iterations that they go through in a session. And, and normally, normally this is pretty important because if we think about where in the process we get stuck, so whether you're running workshops or whether you have consultants coming into your organization and running sh- workshops or whether you're just sitting at home at the dining room table with your family and your partner or whoever and you're coming up with or trying to come up with solutions to a problem is when you actually move from saying, okay, we know what the problem is. We're, we're, we're really clear on where it happens, when it happens, some of the things that are causing it to happen. We're clear on that. But the biggest sticking point happens when when you are clear on the problem and you now say, what is a specific solution to my problem? In that movement from specific problem to specific solution, there is a whole ton of working and validation and thinking and iteration. And there's a massive feedback loop in there because we tend to generate ideas. So again, let's say you're sitting at your dining room table and you come up with some ideas. What you'll normally do is after you come up with those ideas, you'll go through this vetting process where you'll say, hmm, how hard is this solution to implement? Will it get us the whole way there? Is it expensive? Is it is it the best solution? Do I need to make a trade-off or a compromise? So we generate some number of solutions and then we go through and we vet and we vet and we vet and we try to narrow down the solution that we ultimately want to implement. And then oftentimes what happens is we have to go back and revisit the specific problem, get more information, uncover more things that maybe we didn't think about or didn't know, And we go back to that process again where we're generating specific solutions. So if you you sort of take a step back, what you kind of end up with on paper is a whole bunch of ideas or solutions or thoughts or whatever that have been sort of randomly brainstormed, right? You just randomly generate solutions. Some fit, some don't, some work better than others, but what you'll often find is that there isn't a cluster of solutions that ever really gets you the whole way there. Okay, so you you always end up with a partial solution and then you end up making a trade-off or a compromise. And the reason is because the, the folks that are generating the ideas based on how long they've been in the business, how long they've been in the industry, They've been walking this path. They've been walking this circuit for years, maybe, right? Every single day for years. And as they've walked this circuit, they've sort of created a rut around themselves. Like if you've ever been in a really old house and it has the original floorboards and things like that, we're talking like, you know, a couple hundred years old or something like that, hundred years old or whatever, and it has the original floorboards, you can actually see in the house where people sort of come in through one door and walk to another door because it's actually worn down. 
It's a little bit of a groove, a little bit of a rut. The same thing often happens with our thinking when we're trying to generate solutions to a problem. So if, if you're, let's give you a tan, tangible example here. If, if you're working on, let's say you're doing some home improvements to your house and you've got a leaking roof that is part of some sort of skylight issue. Now, maybe you're a roofer and you've been doing this literally your whole entire career and you're thinking about ways in which to solve this problem. And someone comes along and says, can we do this? Can we put in a new skylight panel that's vented and runs on a battery and is charged with a solar panel and it also has, you know, XYZ features and it's it's a leak it has leak detecting capability and also is able to stop leaks because it has a liquid gel liner, blah, 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 whatever. Most, I mean, that was, <laughs> was an insanely complex example. Uh, and it's funny because I'm looking out and I'm looking at some rain and it's just, you know, absolutely pounding on the roof. Thankfully, I don't, I don't have a leaking skylight. But so you have these, you have situations like this, right? Where someone who's working in that industry, if you if you give them an off-the-wall solution to that problem, the first thing they're going to say is, oh, well, we have, we'd have to get power to that. That wouldn't work. Um, you know, I'm not a sparky. Oh, well, I don't know about this gel. I mean, wouldn't the gel dry out and crack in the sun? And they, they start giving you all of these reasons why that solution would never or could never work. And what they'd want to do is, not always, but in most cases, they'd want to steer you back to what they know, what they're familiar with, what's worked for them, even though that solution that they have may not be what we call an ideal final result, right? We might have to make some trade-offs on it. It might be expensive, could be time-consuming. Maybe it doesn't guarantee a leak-free roof for the lifetime of your home, which is maybe something that's important to you. And so you're your thinking is almost created or boxed within the confines of your own experiences. You're, you almost create a little cell around yourself. Now, that's that's pretty interesting because we, when we get into solutions, we need to somehow break those associations. We need to somehow cut that tether that people are holding on to and drawing down on. And initially, this is quite uncomfortable, but it's something that has to be done if if we're ever going to have any hope or any chance of getting what I would call an ideal final result, a real innovative solution. You know, there, there are other things that may be coming to mind. You know, some of you have heard probably of Six Hats thinking, you know, Six Hats thinking, this goes back to the bone of that this was a one way in which to get that lateral thinking process working where you put on a different color hat and you're generating solutions or you're vetting solutions with a certain state of mind or emotionality or a certain viewpoint. Now that's okay and I think it kind of works for some small level things, but I don't I don't think it ever really gets you a leap. I think it, I think what it tends to do is get you small incremental changes, which look if that's what you're after 
in terms of your improvement, maybe that works for you. But if you're looking at leaps, you want to really step outside what everyone else in the industry is doing and do something that no one has thought of or or no one's been able to bring into existence before. Then abstraction is probably something that will make a lot of sense for you. Going after associations, breaking down associations in the mind of the folks that are generating ideas or, or solving the problems. So how do we do this? Rather than going from a specific problem, so where does it happen, when does it happen, why does it happen, what are all the components, and then going through that sort of vetting funnel where you pick out the specific solutions and then you look at implementation. Rather than doing that, after we get clear on what it is we're trying to accomplish and we go to the specific problem, we take that specific problem and we actually turn it into an abstracted problem of its former self. I just <laughs> just let that sort of take hold for a second. So for instance, instead of saying saying something like take take an object like a wall, right? Instead of saying we need to think of a way to get past this wall or beyond this wall, you might take the word wall because wall carries all of these specific associations with it. You might take the word wall and actually change it to barrier. You might take the word phone, or if you're working with a specific organization and you've got folks that are using a phone, and instead of phone, you could be you could just call it simply a device. So immediately, what what tends to happen is we lose the association where I'm holding a phone in my hand. It has a certain weight. It has certain reception constraints. Maybe if I'm thinking about an application on that phone, I'm thinking about specific issues with that application. So we change the word phone to device. And that device could be any type of device. It doesn't have to be a phone. All right. So this is the process of abstraction. We take a specific problem and then we turn that specific problem into an abstracted problem of its former self. Now this is the cool thing. You don't have to just simply take an object and say take a phone and turn it into a device. You can actually create an entire theme around the problem space that you're working with. So one of my absolute favorites is I like to work with ancient Egypt. Just happens to be one of my favorite things. Now it's not exactly what we know ancient Egypt to be. Because the cool thing about when we do this abstraction is we can add any capabilities or technology or magic or anything at all we want into that abstracted landscape. So for instance, if I'm playing with ancient Egypt, I, I may actually have the ability to bring in some future technology and actually lay that over the top of this ancient Egyptian landscape. So you have the abstracted problem. And then what happens is when you go to the abstracted solution, almost anything that can, can be imagined can be pulled in as part of that abstracted solution. So let, let, let's take an example. Let's say that, um, oh, another, another one that I really like to use is superheroes. I love, you know, maybe it's not Marvel's uh, Marvel sort of theme, but it's like a superhero theme. This is another fantastic one. 
especially if the folks in your workshops have kids or they have any experience with, you know, working with comics and things like that. You can have certain individuals, like let's say you have one role, maybe she's a planner or something like that, and you can turn that planner role into, say, like a, you know, a Herculean type role where she has all the power and strength in the world and she's, she's unable to be bested by any technology or any villain or you get the point. But let's take this example of ancient Egypt for a second. Let's say that we're dealing with a telco and so telecommunications company and we've got a problem with the, let's say you're looking at like fiber to the node or HFC or whatever, fiber to the premises or blah, blah, blah. So you're looking at something going on with the infrastructure and you want to solve this problem with the fiber where you're sending out a technician who maybe has to diagnose some fault on the premises. So they have to open up the pit and they have to uh, have a look at what's going on and then they're going to reference maybe a work order that has some background information on what needs to be done. Maybe there's some remedial work and some digging involved. And so they're referencing this documentation. You can take that specific problem right there and you can turn that into an abstract problem. And you can use ancient Egypt just like I've done here. So you could say, instead of using a a cable, what if the cable was actually water flowing through an irrigation canal, okay? And so you need to ensure that the water is able to flow to a specific pyramid, okay? Maybe the pyramid is the individual's house and you've changed it into a pyramid. And rather than the technician driving out, let's change the technician to some someone riding around in a chariot. Now the chariot rocks up to maybe this irrigation channel and they need to assess what's happening, right? So they can, again, the problem is around the, the documentation and the work order and all that, right? So why don't, why don't we change that work order itself to maybe some hieroglyphs? Now we can again continue with this and we can say, well, part of the problem is that this worker rides their chariot out when they have to maybe ride quite far. Maybe it's on the other side of the Nile and it's, you know, it's 200 Ks away and it takes them two days to get there. So they're, they're riding on this, in this chariot for days and they finally get there and they look at the hieroglyphs and all of a sudden the hieroglyphs don't match. The irrigation channel isn't actually there or the canal isn't actually there. There's another place, maybe like a, uh, a pond that contains the water that they need to draw the water from. But it looks like they're going to have to do some digging. Only one problem. They have to go all the way back to have a chat with the pharaoh about the hieroglyphs. Because the hieroglyphs obviously don't seem to match what they're doing. If part of your problem is getting that individual back, you can start going into solution gen and saying, hmm, what if we give the individual in the chariot, maybe the staff of Ra, they each get their own magic staff. And that magic staff allows this person to be transported instantly back to 
the maybe it's the pharaoh or back to the point where the the higher the source of the hieroglyphs okay so that they can actually take a copy and then instantly travel back now this is obviously an abstracted solution so what you'd have to do from this point is say well how do we do that and you might not actually have to get the individual back but you have to get the individual's awareness back or their vision back to that point or somehow get the information to them but because you're playing in this space, in this case, ancient Egypt, you've got magic, you've got unlimited technology, you can then start to, and again, the folks that are doing the work can start to generate ideas in this space where they're not tethered to, okay, I have a fixed telco cable and that cable is lying in the ground and there's no pit and the pit should have been dug here and I've got no connectivity and blah, 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 blah. Okay? You can allow them to get out of their rut and think freely about what it is you're doing. What happens when when we take this process of abstraction is we often end up with another set of challenges. And the set of challenges are something like this. How do I make that real? And then that's where it goes over to your innovation team or whoever is working in that space to say, well, what technology can we get our hands on or what solutions can we bring into the fold that we haven't used before or that partially exist or that exist as maybe um, a small prototype out there that we can draw on? And you can start to pull this stuff into view. But the point is you would have never arrived there if we didn't give these folks the opportunity to break the existing associations that they've been carrying around with them for who knows how long. I mean, if they've been in the telco industry for 25 years, They've seen changes come and go, but they also every single day know the difficulty of moving their truck from point A to point B and getting on to the next job and closing one job and raising another ticket of work and getting another team out there. So it's a way that we can come up with solutions where we aren't tethered to the negative reality of our situation. And again, it's one of the most effective ways to come up with innovative solutions to a problem. So, again, rather than going from a specific problem to a specific solution and then trying to vet that and, you know, go through this, you know, matrix where you're you're looking at what costs what and what are the trade-offs I have to make and what are the features of this, we take the problem, we turn it into an abstract problem, use a theme, have fun with it, and then go into your abstract solution generation based on your abstract problem. And then the final step is to turn that into a specific solution, okay, without making trade-offs or compromise, right? Try to get to the ideal final result. And then from there, we actually look at how to build. And again, don't get stuck on the perfect solution straight away. A low-fidelity prototype, a minimum viable product is the best thing you can do. You build something as quick as you can and get it out to test it. Okay. So... Something that you can use in, in conjunction with the strategies that we talked about in the previous podcast, separation in time, separation in space. How can we use separation in time, separation in space? In that example about ancient Egypt, you plug those separation strategies straight into your solution ideation and you'll come up with the absolute most brilliant solutions you've probably ever been able to come up with. Anyway, hope this helps and we'll see you next time.